Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome back to the Adventures of Living. Today is Monday, January 17th, and it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So probably most services that are government related are going to be closed. Kids are home from school today. So I thought I'd record a podcast this morning. Some highlights in the news. The U.S. government has ordered insurance companies to pay back um, or to reimburse or pay up front COVID-19 FDA approved at-home tests. And here's a surprising fact. The cost of those has gone up. <laughs> so now that the insurance companies get to eat the cost, it's okay for the manufacturers to raise the price on those products. So you can also go in a couple of days on the 19th, you can start going to a .gov website and order four tests. I think, I don't know if it's per household or per month, and those are coming directly from the government. So people can go out and buy FDA approved tests if they have insurance and get those reimbursed from their insurance. You probably have to fill out claim forms. Um, so keep your receipts if you're doing something like that. Um, we've also learned that the current variant Omicron, um, we now know is less, I don't want to say, I don't want to say deadly because that's the wrong word, but it is, um, the symptoms are less severe. So people are, are experiencing more of a flu, I would say. So that's good news. Um, people are still conflicted as to um, if they want to end this pandemic or not. So um, I believe Pfizer announced this month that they would try to have a Omicron variant vaccination available by March. So Pfizer is still thinking that um, COVID, they they want COVID to continue to, li to linger. And um, yeah, so let's get into this. This is um, season three, episode two of The Adventures of Living, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Adventures of Living. This is Michelle, and we are on season three, episode number two. And in lieu of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I wanted to read to you um, how his birthday became a holiday. So as we all know, um, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, and he was a prominent civil rights leader. So the fight to make Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday um, a holiday, it took 32 years, a lot of campaigning, guest appearances, including Stevie Wonder, Ted Kennedy, and the National Football League. King's birthday was finally approved as a federal holiday in 1983. Wow, I was um, six years old when that happened. Wow, I went six years without Martin Luther King Jr. as a national holiday. Interesting. Okay, so in all 50 states, the government holiday was made official by the year 2000. So interesting. So not all 50 states recognized um, that as a holiday. And we can do so because we are a United States, but um, we can govern differently than um, 
what the president says. So interesting. Officially, King was born on January 15th in 1929 in Atlanta, but the King holiday is marked every year on the third Monday in January. So his birthday is actually January 15th. But just to simplify it, so it's not like a floating holiday, like, um, what's another, July 4th, that's a floating holiday. We always celebrate that on the 4th, right? Because that's a, that's a significant day in our history. The King Center Atlanta has detailed chronological um, of how the efforts started shortly after King's death in 1968, paid off in the long run. It wasn't an easy task for the holiday supporters who had to push hard in Congress to get the federal holiday created. And I bet, because... Um, when King was assassinated, our country was still, and I, I would say primarily in the South, but it could have been in spots all over the United States, was still heavily divided on um, our civil rights when, um, let's see, Martin Luther King Jr., I'm just looking up so I have my facts straight. He was um, assassinated in 1968. So, yeah, there was um, still heavy civil rights issues in our country. I mean, we still see it today. It's not maybe as extreme. And I can probably say that because I'm white. So I don't speak for people of color. But um, is that can we say that anymore? I don't know. I've I feel like. Every few years, we get this um, slew of what we can call people and what we can't call people and what we can say and can't say. So maybe I need to read the rule book on that if I'm going to be doing a podcast. So today, the King holiday serves multiple purposes. It honors the, the total legacy of King, focusing on the issue of civil rights, highlighting the use of nonviolence to promote change, and calls people into public service. So that's interesting. So he was a proprietor, a proponent, a historical figure in our country that would perform and participate and and gather people for peaceful protests. So in the sense of you having a difference with something, so whether it's a government issue or um, a non-government issue, a civil matter, um, we see people protesting today and um, they sometimes do turn violent. And I don't know, maybe some of his protests turn violent. I can delve into that more. But interesting that um, he his highlights were of nonviolence precedents. So the struggle to get the holiday recognized reflects all of those topics, along with some interesting twists and turns along the way. Representative John Conyers introduced the first motion to make King's birthday a federal holiday in 1968, so the same year that he passed away, just four days after his assassination in Memphis. It took another 11 years for the federal holiday to come up for vote at the House of Representatives floor in 1979. The bill needed two-thirds majority to pass, but it fell five votes short with a 252 to 133 count despite a strong organization effort from the King Center and support from Congress members and President Jimmy Carter. The holiday supporters regrouped and intensified their efforts. Musician Stevie Wonder helped in 81 by releasing the song Happy Birthday to promote the holiday. He would later sing it at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial dedication in 2011. I have not heard that song before or 
could recall how it goes. Okay, I had to look up the song and see, and I don't recognize it. So this is one that was on um, Stevie Wonder's album, um, Hotter Than July, which was released in 1980. And let's take a little sample of the song. I won't play too much of it because I don't have the copyright to it. all right that's actually a really good song he's saying that we should set a time some side to honor you interesting well let's read on here so the king center kept up its efforts it organized a march in washington that included an estimated 500,000 people Coretta Scott King, along with Wonder, presented a petition signed by 6 million people to House leader Tip O'Neill. The House took up the bill in 83, and it passed by 53 votes. Democrats O'Neill and Jim Wright, along with Republicans Jack Kemp, Newt Gingrich, gave speeches to support the King holiday. But getting the bill passed in the Senate would be um, very contentious. Senator Jesse Helms of North Carolina openly opposed it. At first, Helms introduced a filibuster, and then he presented a 400-page file that accused King of being a communist. What? That's insane. Senator Ted Kennedy criticized Helms and Senator Daniel Mo Moynihan, <laughs> sorry, called the document filth and threw it on the Senate floor. Despite Helms, the bill passed the Senate by 12 votes. Even South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond voted in favor of the King holiday. President Ronald Reagan signed the bill in November of 1983. The first federal King holiday was celebrated in 1986. Oh, wow. So they signed it in 83, but then it still wasn't celebrated another three years later. Oof. It took longer for the 50 states to adopt the holiday. By 1986, only 17 states had adopted it, but there was a strong resistance in Arizona to passing a state holiday. Arizona, what is up? The fight between state legislators came to head when King... When the King holiday was put up for an Arizona voter referendum in 1990. At that point, entertainers started boycotting the state in protest, and the National Football League threatened to move the 1993 Super Bowl from Tempe if the holiday was defeated at the polls. Interesting. Wow. So they the NFL held over a, um, a bill to adopt a holiday over the heads of Arizona. Interesting. Wow. The King holiday lost a two-part voter referendum and the NFL made good on the threat, taking the Super Bowl to Southern California. Wow, they did it and costing the state an estimated $500 million in revenue. Oof. What would that be today? Let's look up if that were to happen today. So what year was that again? That was in 1993. 1993's... million today. <clears throat> so it's <laughs> the inflation calculator says a billion dollars today. Interesting. So just since 1993. 
Interesting, interesting, interesting. Arizona voters approved the King holiday two years later. Oh, so they held a grudge for a couple of years. There was also a fight in South Carolina over the holiday. It was one of the last states to approve the paid King holiday for state employees in 2000. The state's governor had tried to link the holiday to commitment to allow the state's house to fly the Confederate battle flag. Instead, he signed a bill that approved the King holiday along with the Confederate Memorial Day celebrated in May. Oh, wow. So they had to have two. Now, I wonder, I'll have to do a podcast on that. We'll stick a pin in that for later. Um, South Carolina, if they still celebrate the Confederate Memorial Day in May. Interesting. I know that's a touchy subject. So this article... Um, was written January, oh, this was released January 17th, 2022, which is today. Um, And it is coming from the constitutioncenter.org. So you can look up the article, How the Martin Luther King Jr. Birthday Became a Holiday. So here we are today now, um, all these years later, and we're still seeing... um, division in our country, but it's different. Um, I think that civil rights and racism looks a little different. Um, maybe it's more subtle in some areas. Maybe you don't see it at all. Um, I, my biggest thing, and I've said this on other podcasts before, I see the, the greatest division that I see right now, and um, this is where I live, is the, the COVID topic. And um, we even see it in our own family. And that's so, so sad to me. So in our family, and this is a little bit personal, and I I cannot tell you if my family listens to this podcast or not. So of course, I would never mention any names, but we have people in our family that are vaccinated and we have people in our family that are unvaccinated. We have people in our family that have contracted COVID Um, In our immediate family, we have had no hospitalization or severe illness or death from COVID. Everybody has recovered. Um, I want to say that some of the people that contracted COVID were unvaccinated and some of them were. So we could just use our family as an example, as a representation of the division that's happening in the United States because of COVID. So... Maybe we were already on this path, we were headed down that road, but COVID expedited it, the division that we're seeing. Um, but we have a family member that feels uncomfortable around people that are not vaccinated. And you know what? I'm not offended by it or hurt by it. That is that owns person's, um, their, their feelings and their thoughts that's that's their own choice and it will not impact my life one way or the other but it's funny because i don't know if they're afraid to be around unvaccinated people because they could have covid and not know it because it severely reduces your symptoms and they could be worried about giving covid to an unvaccinated family member i'm guessing Um, in our population, there's, and I don't know this number, it could be high, but I'm guesstimating that it's low of people that have natural immunity to this SARS COVID-19 that 
either they got it naturally, maybe they had a cold that no one knew about before 2019 and gave them, it gave them antibodies of it. Um, I don't know the number of people. I don't know if we'll ever know. So chances are that if you're unvaccinated, you're going to have symptoms and we keep seeing now the symptoms are less severe, like headache is a symptom that children, um, especially in like our school district where we live, can be sent home for, for having a headache. And I do have a family member that works in a school district and they have to contact the parents and say, does little Johnny normally have headaches? Is that a normal thing for him? Because if it is, he can probably stay at school and wait it out. But if it's not normal, then he's got to go home and he's got to quarantine because he might have COVID. So the the runny noses, the I don't think there's as much fever and respiratory with the Omicron variant. But we are looking at people that are unvaccinated are most likely going to show symptoms. And when you have a cold, you either continue to wear your mask, maybe when you're around your family, maybe you normally wouldn't, or um, you don't go to family functions. <clears throat> when you're COVID-19 vaccinated, um, maybe you're a healthy person to begin with. You don't have any underlying symptoms, underlying any diseases at all, healthy adult or child, and you're COVID-19 vaccinated, you've got your boosters, everything's all up to date, and maybe you've been exposed to COVID, maybe you know about it or don't know about it, and you could be carrying COVID, and because you have this vaccination that makes it less symptomatic, you might not be symptomatic at all, and then you're now around people that are unvaccinated. Um you're around other people that are vaccinated. It doesn't stop the spread. So here's the thing. So many people compare the vaccinations that are on our public school list to the vaccination that we have today for COVID-19. And it's apples to oranges, people. You're comparing vaccinations that have either eradicated a disease or 100% prevents you from getting it, which is not COVID-19 vaccination. COVID-19 vaccination potentially will make your symptoms less severe, but you still will catch COVID, can catch COVID, are susceptible to catching COVID. If you got your shots as a child, and maybe this has happened to a very few amount of people, but I, I find it highly unlikely. If you go out and you get your um, chicken pox vaccination or whatever, go look at the list of vaccinations. Go look at the ones that take three shots. There are some that take three shots as a child. Now, whatever that disease is that you pick that you've gotten vaccinated against, if you got it, like say a year later, you got chicken pox or polio or whatever. I don't, I'm right now. I don't have the list in front of me of the ones that you need to be inoculated for three times. You would be livid and you, 
would go back to your doctor and be like, hey, you guys inoculated me from this disease and now I have this disease. So what what's the deal? So with COVID-19, that shot is just like the flu shot where you can still catch the flu if you get the flu shot, but your symptoms are going to be less severe. And before 2019, you didn't go to your family and go, you know what? It's flu season. At least not in my family. I don't know. Maybe there are some families that are like this, but you're like, it's flu season and I don't want to be around people that aren't vaccinated. So anyways, let's take a lesson from Martin Luther King Jr. and let's be civil with one another. I'm kind of getting fed up with it. I'm getting sick of it. Um, It's getting old. People are um, allowing this pandemic to continue. And we, as U.S. citizens, have the ability to stop it. And I'm not talking about, I mean, maybe you go do your silent protest, but um, if you go to a store where they require you to wear a mask, if you feel comfortable, wear your mask. If you don't feel comfortable, or maybe you see somebody else in the store with their mask off, then if you feel like it, you should be able to take your mask off. Um, It's not an arrestable ticketed offense to not wear a mask in our country. It's not arrestable or a ticketed offense to be COVID-19 vaccinated in our country. So um, let's remember that when we're talking to our fellow citizens about COVID-19. I stress that you should wear your mask where, where it's applicable. And if you feel that you personally need to get vaccinated, then you should get vaccinated. Um, So I hope that everybody has a great week and thank you to all of our listeners and please be kind to your future self. Thank you so much. Mm